miracle to get this far, right, with all of the planning and the shopping and the burnt cookies and challenges along the way. Uh, Some of you, like me, may have woken up yesterday morning to find yourself with a Christmas cold, Um, but God is good and He meets us in the midst of our real life situation. Sometimes I think as we hear the Christmas story, as we heard it read again tonight by Katie, we We hear about these miraculous experiences that people had, uh, angel messengers and entire angel choirs showing up to sing, uh, an amazing star that seemed to hover right over the place where Jesus was born. The story itself started with a a miraculous conception and and ended with a a virgin birth. There's so many miraculous things as part of the story. Um, Perhaps one of the biggest miracles, I think, if we think about the story, though, is that uh, Joseph and Mary, who was pregnant with a child that wasn't Joseph's, made a three-day road trip to Bethlehem only to find out that their hotel reservations had been canceled, had to sleep in a garage with their vehicle, think about it, And somehow didn't have the whole thing end up in a major blowout argument that just ruined Christmas for everybody. That's kind of a miracle, don't you think? At least the story doesn't tell us that they had a major blowout argument. Sometimes I I think, though, the the supernatural elements of these stories can somehow make us feel like the story is a little bit distant from us personally. Uh, uh, We haven't had the angelic choir show up and, and, and announce God's good news to us personally, but... I'd like to suggest tonight that the Christmas story is much more real and personal than often we might think about it. So as we consider that tonight, I just want to invite you to pray with me again and ask God to bless our time of looking into his word, but also to open our hearts to the gift that he may have for us as we remember the Christmas story again tonight. Would you pray with me? God, we do thank you. That your gift of Christmas is, is the gift of a son and, and, and a message that you are with us. And as we look to your word and remember the story of Christmas again tonight, God, would you uh, speak to our hearts and our minds about what personal messages you may have for us, what gifts you have for us to open again this Christmas season as we seek to give you praise and to hear about your word of love to us through your son, Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. While we might not be able to fully comprehend or appreciate what it must have been like to have angelic choirs singing to us or miraculous astronomical events happening overhead, part of the purpose of the Christmas story is to remind us that in many ways the supernatural activity of God in this world more often is discovered in the ordinary experiences of life. And if we're not understanding that God might be present, showing up in the ordinary experiences of our everyday journey, we might miss it because we might be looking for the grand big show and not understanding that that's not how God most often chooses to reveal himself to his children. As we heard the words of the Gospel of Luke shared again tonight, part of the story talked about in verse 8 where it says there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. 
He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with, all, with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Glory erupts out of the darkness of the night, and an angelic choir appears to announce the good news. And, th- and this is amazing, and it, it captures our attention, but I don't want us to skip too quickly beyond how the story begins in verse 8, when it says there were shepherds living in fields in the middle of the night, and that's where the angels appeared. And that's not how we would have written the story, is it? You see, it isn't the miraculous show that the story wants us to pay attention to. That's not the main point that we're supposed to take away, or else God wouldn't have sent angels and an entire choir out into the middle of the desert in the middle of the night to a bunch of people that nobody really even cared about. But that's usually what we're looking for, isn't it? That's usually what we pay attention to. We, we look for the show. We, we kind of want the show. This world puts its highest value on power and status and prestige, celebrity, fame. We love the show. We want to be wowed. I don't know if any of you guys were fans of the rock band Nirvana and Kurt Cobain, but, but in, in, in their words, here we are now, entertain us. We love to be entertained. We want the show. If God had asked us to plan the arrival of Messiah, do you think we would have planned it this way? I mean, think about it, right? The, the king of kings, the savior of the world was, was coming into the world. And, 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 and wouldn't we have like red carpet and paparazzi and, and cameras and, and video? I mean, call CNN and Fox News and get them on the scene, right? But no. If we really look at the story, it's not about the miraculous show. In fact, one of the main points of the whole story is that God shows up. It's in the middle of the darkness of our world without the show. God comes to the ordinary, the marginalized, the nobodies of our world. Not to the powerful or to the, the, the religious or to the celebrities. I mean, he didn't come to Caesar or to King Herod. He didn't show up in the Jewish temple or he wasn't born to the high priest. I mean, if he came in our day, we'd say he, he, he wouldn't come to the White House or to the United Nations. He wouldn't show up at Willow Creek or Saddleback Church. God came and announced the good news to a group of lowly shepherds in the middle of the desert on the night shift. You see, the the things that we often think are important and valuable, the Christmas story tells us, aren't always the things that really are important and that really are valuable. Ian Pitt Watson, a well-known older Presbyterian pastor, used to tell the story of the little rag doll. I love this story. He tells the story of a little girl who was given a a little rag doll, and, and she carried it around wherever she went. And, and over time, of course, as you can imagine, it got stained and tattered and, and, and buttons began to fall off and threads began to wear away until one day her mom looks at the thing and she says, oh my goodness, we've got to get her a new doll because this thing is falling apart. So maybe at Christmas time, she, she buys her a brand new doll and, and gives her this wonderful gift and, and the girl takes it and she, she likes it and appreciates it, but within a couple days, the new doll's sitting on the shelf and the old doll's back out. Right? And she's carrying the old doll. And mom says, why, why, why are you want that ratty old thing? 
And she looks at the doll and she looks at her mom and she simply says, because I love my doll. And, and, and the point of the story is that there are some things in this world that are, are valuable because they're loved. We often think that things should be loved because they're valuable. And our culture tells us to, to look for valuable things and then love those things. We want the show. We want the glitz. We want the glamour. But, but God's story comes to his son. He says some things are valuable because they're loved. And God's love is the thing that gives value to you and to me no matter what mistakes that we've made, no matter what stains that we carry in life, no matter what sins we've committed or how the brokenness and the darkness of this world has impacted our lives, God's love comes to us and says, you are valuable because you are loved by the God who created you. You are loved by the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And, 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 and I want to show you how much I care about you because it's not about the show. It's not about your success. It's not about how good you are. It's about how much I deeply love you and want you to receive my love as a gift. The story of Christmas turns the values of this world completely upside down. It's a personal message to you and to me about how much God cares for you. I don't know if you guys get a lot of mail, but we get junk mail all the time, right? It comes through stacks, and you go through, and yeah, 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 recycle, trash. But every once in a while, you're flipping through the stack of mail, and you see something that's handwritten, and it has your name on it. Does that capture your attention? It's like, whoa, whoa, there's something with my name on it. It's actually handwritten. It's a personal message for me. We love a personal message in a, in a, in a world where we're more of a, a number, and, and, and it's all managed, you know, by machines and printouts. But that personal handwritten message captures our attention and says, somebody took the time to want to send a message to me personally. See, that's, that's the story of Christmas, is that God has taken the time to send a, a personal handwritten message of his love for you and for me. That's what the Christmas story is really all about. The message of Christmas is that God's good news is for you and for me personally, just like it was for the shepherds. The story says the angel said to the shepherds, do not be afraid, I bring you good news. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby. And if this message of God's great love was announced in the middle of the night to shepherds, and it was a message for them, then Men and women, this is a message for you and for me tonight, too. This is a message of God's love for every human being that God cares about and created and wants to be in a relationship with. God's good news is truly a personalized message for you and for me. In a real sense, the story of Jesus is our story, told to us and told for us, just as if we had been there uh, uh, witnessing the angel choir with those lowly shepherds in the desert outside of Bethlehem. You see, what the angels announced that night to the shepherds in the way that they announced it and to who they announced it tells us that this message is for the whole world. It's not for kings and priests and rock stars only. It's for the the lowly worker who slaves away for an entire life in a blue-collar job just trying to make ends meet for their family. It's, it's for the single moms who are out there trying to raise their kids without a father. It's for broken families 
families and broken people. It's a message for everybody. It's a personalized message for you that God loves you right where you are in spite of everything that you may or may not have done. All you have to do is open the gift. The true gift of God was coming into the world. And Jesus, through his life and his death and ultimately his resurrection, has made it possible for us to receive this gift of God's love in our hearts through his Holy Spirit. And that's why even here today, tonight, the angelic message rings true that, that, that good news will be for great joy for all people. And that we can receive this gift of God's love if we simply open our hearts to a relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. You know, giving gifts is kind of God's thing. It's not, not really our thing. It's, it's God's thing. God is a generous gift-giving God. And our giving at Christmas is a reflection of his generosity and giving to us. And we don't even really get it right at Christmas. You know, our giving this Christmas and every Christmas is kind of... Not, they're not really gifts, if you think about it. They're gift for a gift gifts. Right? We give a gift and we get a gift. It's a gift exchange. But that's not really what a gift is, is it? I mean, if you have your list and you've done all your shopping and you've got all your gifts and somebody that wasn't on your list comes and gives you a gift at Christmas, what do you do? Oh my gosh, I didn't get them a gift. I got to run out and get a gift because it's not really a gift. It's a gift for a gift gift. And I don't want to break protocol. But God's gift to us is not a gift that we could ever repay. There's nothing that we could ever do to give back to God that's going to return the favor for what he's done by giving his very life through his son Jesus Christ to bring us back into relationship with him. There's no gift that we can give that is going to repay that. All that we can do is simply receive it. And that's what a gift is. It's by grace that we are saved. There's nothing that we have to do to earn it. There's nothing that we have to do to repay it. What we have to do is simply open our hearts and say, we recognize we need this gift. We need a Savior. We need God's love to help us become whole, healthy people again. While it's not a gift that can be repaid, it is a gift that can be shared with others. It's the ultimate re-gifting gift. In fact, you could almost say that it was designed to be the kind of gift that you re-gift, right? Once we receive the gift of God's love, God has called us to go around and start re-gifting it to as many people as possible. That's kind of the whole point of Christianity and the whole message of why it's important to be a follower of Jesus Christ is that our, our call is simply, simply to be re-gifters of God's love. And we can receive this gift and we can become light in the darkness. We can become the angelic messenger to our neighbor or to somebody uh, that God would lead us to. We can become a part of this gift-giving God's lifestyle where all of life becomes about re-gifting God's love that he's given to us. You see, God's gift is not only for us, but it truly is for others and for the whole world. By his Holy Spirit and his presence with us, his love is expressed in our lives, in our relationships as well. When we look at the very humble beginnings of Jesus in the Christmas story, we see the meekness of Jesus. We see that he's laid as a, as a tiny baby in a manger in a podunk town called Bethlehem in the middle of nowhere 2,000 years ago in the Roman Empire. And we understand that in this story, God is looking on our weakness and he identifies with us, and he cares for us, and he's come to be with us. He is Emmanuel. 
And he promises that if we receive this gift, we too will be with him, not only today, but forever. That's a gift worth celebrating, isn't it? And how did the shepherds respond? Verse 17, it says, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Mary treasured it all up and pondered him in her heart, but the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen were just as they had been told. When they saw Jesus, they glorified God and said, it is just like it was told to us. Tonight, as we return home to family and to friends, to possible celebrations that are planned or last-minute wrapping before Christmas morning tomorrow, as we anticipate the arrival of Christmas morning and the arrival of the baby Jesus into our lives again, let us remember that ultimately it's not about the presence or the, the, the feasts, or even the decorations. It's, it's all about the gift, and his name is Jesus. Christmas has arrived, and the gift of Christmas is a gift that's personally wrapped for you. Don't let this Christmas go by without opening the gift. Let's pray. God, we do thank you that you have told us that our value comes not from our goodness or our greatness or our own success, but wholly from your love for us. God, would you help us to see that we are valuable because you love us, that we have a gift that we can open in your son Jesus, and that as we receive that gift and we say yes to Jesus, we are opening ourselves to a whole new experience of life and relationship that comes from your love in us. And we pray that you would overflow so that we can become regifters of that wonderful love and that light that you have bestowed on each one of us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Kurt, thank you so much. A gift for a gift, gift. Uh, I'll, I'll remember that. Gift for a gift, gift.